0: The car you drive every day should be fun.
1: But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries.
0: You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this
1: is the Everyday Driver Car Daily.
0: Paul has interrupted me this evening from, uh, from BMWs because uh, much editing is occurring on Icon. And I, I, I keep getting lost in it a little bit because I keep looking at these gorgeous summer driving roads. I keep bringing it up because that's where my head's at. The summer driving roads are gone. I'm staring at them here on on video, and uh, we cannot wait to share that film. But uh, somebody, <clears throat> as in the person speaking, currently needs to get it done. So that's happening. But I, so I no thought worries. I'd step away and and podcast. Yeah, I mean you, you were like, hey, we got a podcast. I went, oh, that's right, we do. I yeah, that's so right. I'm raising up my head, and we're going to podcast a bit this evening.
1: No, the good news is the, those driving roads are immortalized in the film, this and is they're going to be that's great. a fair point. So that's a fair point. Yeah. yeah, we miss them, but good thing they're immortalized forever. You know, forever once the film is done. But you know,
0: that's yeah, that's no pressure. One yeah, thing that, at that, a time. That minor step prior. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah definitely, definitely. Well, you know you and i 've talked about doing uh, we 've talked about doing other little adventures, maybe in the u s we 've even talked about maybe trying to figure out one that relates to these driving roads and getting some of you that are listening on our local track and on those driving roads. That is about as much information as I can even share on that because we haven 't thought it through much further, but <laughs> this is how much we like those local roads and how how cool they are, but of course they 're very weather dependent Sorry, you were going to say
1: yeah, no worries uh, another piece of good news here, everyone. The Ford Raptor order books for 2017 are now open, which means Todd is oh, getting good. a new Raptor. No, wait. He doesn't I know am, what to do yes. with it.
0: So. Exactly. I have, I have no use uh, for that car whatsoever, especially considering I'm the guy that will be doing the, the mountain pass here all winter in my rear-wheel drive sports car. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I really don't know what to do with a Raptor. Mm-hmm. This is
1: true. What about an FRS on those tracks or any car on Perfect. tracks? Perfect.
0: Hey, did you see – did you see, by the way, speaking of cars on weird tires, did you see the Mini Cooper that did the lap of the Nordschleife this past week?
1: I A did. A guy did
0: yes, Mini I Cooper did. on two wheels. But what, what I loved about that was seeing the car on all four wheels, and it was it was like the, the, the theoretical guy that only lifted weights with one half of his body. The left half <laughs> of the car was like these enormous big tires, and the right half was practically like you know space-saving spares.
1: That's hilarious. I I was fascinated that somebody actually just wanted to go do that. I also saw another video, something that was uh, only BMW M3s drifting the carousel on the outside of the concrete uh, area. They're all drifting. I mean, some better than than others. But I was going, all right, so you just paid however much, 29 euro a lap, just so you could go slow and just kind of drift the carousel.
0: All right. Huh
1: you know, everybody's got their thing, so uh, all right, yeah.
0: Well, the times you and I have driven it, that's really fascinating, I should see that video, because the times you and I have driven it, I've I've never actually been out of the concrete uh, gutter there, essentially, that is the actual carousel. I'd be curious to see. I should see that video to see how wide that area is because it, it doesn't strike me as wide enough. You could get a car very sideways in the upper portion, but apparently, I guess you can.
1: They are. They're they're throwing it in, and by the outside of the turn, they are fully uh-huh. sideways. And I'm going. Kudos.
0: Wow. Kudos.
1: I mean, the the guardrail's right there. Armco's
0: right there, yeah, It'd have to be. It'd have to be <laughs> inches off the bumper to fit right there. You know, that's like a 140-degree corner, too. I mean, it's it's yeah. a huge, huge hairpin. It may even be more than that. It may be like 200 degrees. I mean, it's an unbelievable amount. It, it isn't until you see. It's actually funny. When you drive it, it doesn't feel, I don't think, it, like it's nearly as much of a turnaround, a teardrop turnaround, as it is when you see it. From above, you see it from above, and you realize, wait a minute, this is—it is—it's probably about two hundred degrees. It's nuts.
1: Yeah, Google Earth reveals everything. It's great. uh, It's—it's fun to actually look at the track from above. And oh yeah, okay, so that's your turn. Oh, I see the line. That's yeah. Uh
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any well, track. I now have the disease. I'm trying to learn the, the names of the corners, which, of course, are all in German. So uh, I'm not doing well at that. But I've actually mounted a, mounted a map on my wall with corner names on it. i am trying to learn the corners because, invariably, I hear somebody. And it's often Tom, frankly, who does our European correspondent stuff. He'll mention some corner past. Well, you know, Aremberg. I'm like, no, I have no idea. <laughs> and now I'm learning where Arenberg is. So yeah, Because I mean, yeah. you and I have all of our weird Anglican descriptive names for, oh, that's that one. Oh, yeah, sure. You and I know. Nobody you mean like else YouTube?
1: About. <laughs> the, the weird Anglican <laughs> YouTube corner
0: name. Exactly. Right. YouTube corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brunchen. Yes. But anyway, uh, yeah, out of German and on to probably a car debate. We've got to talk about uh, Russ this evening, and we've also got to talk about our other friend, Jose, who was writing to us from Massachusetts. And uh, OK, we should dive into these. These are pretty cool.
1: Yeah, this is cool. And we are podcasting on the Sunday before the Tuesday release. I'm sitting in front of the television watching the Broncos get pounded by the Oakland Raiders, kind of bummed out about that because, <laughs> you know, Elway's my guy growing up and and uh, love, love watching football, just scr- searching for cars with the game on in the background. That's kind of my favorite Sunday afternoon activity lately. And uh, But, of course, the Broncos are losing, so that didn't make it much fun. But uh, this is going to be fun for both these guys. Carefully curated. I carefully selected these. They're very different. Look at you. Okay, good. They're very interesting because we've got yes. Russ up in Seattle in rainy Pacific Northwest who, yep. Yep. <laughs> who has this horsepower disease. He just can't quite seem to find enough horsepower out of you the cars this, that too, he has. yeah. And yeah! wow. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is top of the list, is power. Sometimes we yeah. find agility, handling a nimble car, fun to drive. This is just flat-out power for a
0: particular budget. Absolutely. What I, what I think is fascinating about Russ, though, is that he's had a string of STIs, and Russ is a guy that buys a car, like you're saying. He buys a car, and that is just the starting place. Now that he's bought it, Here's the things I'm going to do. And his average is 15 or more grand worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's always power, but it's lots of other stuff too. I mean, he's got like full built cars in his car history. And he's come around to the realization that you and I've talked about a lot and that is he's wondering where the tipping point is about okay, where should I just take the money I would put into tuning this to make it a certain level and just buy a higher level <laughs> car. Something you and I've talked about. For years. Seriously, because he has this disease, Russ is not going to leave that higher-end car alone for long, but he's just wondering about starting, essentially, with better ingredients. I don't know another way to put it. Starting at a higher higher place and going up from there. So he bought himself a M235i with the ZF8-speed and has been using that as his basis. And now he's just, as I read it, kind of gotten himself confused. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it because, uh, as Todd said, he's been modding this uh, – this. Uh, well, he had the STI, as you said, modding the M235i. Wow, yeah, I, I'm seeing a lot of money being poured into this car when yeah, yeah, this yeah. nagging thing is coming out of the email here that says, I just I, – I need power, but I want something that is going to really have the, the best combination of mm-hmm. interior – Quality, the transmission's got to be great. He's liking the ZF transmission on the M235i, M2- yep, yep. he's liking that. He got it in an effort to get his wife more into cars, but that didn't seem to work. Honey, I got you a belt <laughs> sander for Christmas. No, she's not gonna help you out. <laughs> what do you with mean you don't like
0: sanding? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So it comes down to the sentence here that what he really, really wants it's sort of the question behind the question, as I mentioned before in sales. <laughs> You always kind of want to try to find the question behind what people are asking. But Russ lays it out for us. He says, I want a V8 or a twin turbo six with the STI's all wheel drive train and the interior out of the M2 the 235i. What a great recipe. I mean, I am yeah. no chef. Yeah. My sister always says, if you can read, you can cook. But it just seems logical. If you start with better <laughs> ingredients, the cake or the food is going to taste that much better instead of trying to add as you go that doesn't mean you can't tune cars properly and there's plenty of them out there that are well done sure, and very tasteful for sure, sure yeah and uh, so he's he's looking for something which he admits is something along the lines of a Nissan GTR but that is pretty mm. expensive and then if you've modded cars your whole life Russ which based on the list <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean yeah, way yeah, back yeah. to a Taurus SHO from 94 <laughs> yeah he said great engine but the car around it fell apart yep <laughs> Seems to be, but, the but thing. clearly
0: Russ is not going to leave it alone. So he's he's eyeing yeah. that GTR, and I think he's actually having a moment of real sanity there. He's eyeing the GTR and going, "Yeah, I wouldn't leave that alone either." And that's going to get expensive, and it's probably going to break. Yeah. I, so yeah, I mean, he's he's having I I think real wisdom there about the GTR intrigues him, but he probably shouldn't. This is a great conversation. I feel like, and I. I have a couple of thoughts for him, and I also have a wild card hmm. that struck me late in the game, and I went, okay, this is, this is a little out of left field, but I want to bring it up. I mean, he also wants to have a car that he can put two small kids in the back seat. So he's got two kids to worry about. So that is, that is a factor. I mean, instantly, two-seat cars out the window we've got to have four seats. He'd like to have about 400 wheel horsepower. That is what he's hoping for. Now he's had a string of STIs that have all been in the high 300s. He even breaks down where he thinks the breaking point of that <laughs> drivetrain is where it's like, "Well, don't go above this. Don't go above about 380 or it's going to only break all the time." So he's hoping for 400. That's what he's hoping for. Would like a decent interior, which is why he got out of the STI in the first place. And handling, brakes, these things matter. This is not just a drag car. It's going to do lots of things. Wow. If you're okay. dragging a car,
1: all you need is a parachute, right? Brakes, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. Pull the chute. <laughs> whatever. You're good. There's hay bales at the end of the road. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, uh,
1: I spent a good, I, I'd say, 45 minutes thinking about this, Russ, and, and okay. searching for things. Okay. And I would lead off on this Line of thinking and follow the rabbit trail and think, okay well, that's not going to work. And then I think of something else and try to follow that. And I'll just explain where I started and where I finished up. Yeah. It's not often that I explain the entire rabbit trail, and I'll try to keep it under a couple of hours here (laughs) just uh, for
0: the rest of you listening. (laughs) I'll go get a drink and come back. Yeah, I hear you. Keep going. (laughs) Go
1: check your fridge. See what's in the fridge if you're hungry right now and uh, come back. So I thought, huh, what about a car that's already been tuned? I Started poking around. The all-wheel sure. drive part is really a bit of a thing in this recipe here. As you said, he's got kids—two small kids in the back seat, five and seven years old. Mm-hmm. But I don't think two-door cars are out the window. I—I'm not all there.
0: Oh, s- I'm not saying two doors. I'm saying just two seats. Oh, I two think seats. two doors are still on the table fully. fully okay, fully. okay, I mean, all right. M two thirty-five proves that. Sorry, okay, I need mean, I, I I mean I two seats. Not two doors. Yeah, keep going.
1: Keep I going. misunderstood. Maybe I heard that. So I started with the Mercedes cars because they are cars we yeah. don't talk about often. And I True. thought, huh, what about something with a lot of horsepower, which means AMG. And
0: yes, clearly.
1: Russ is targeting an honest 400-wheel horsepower. So that means we've got to be about yeah. 450 or more. I thought, all right, AMGs have a lot of power. Those are a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: Understatement of the podcast. Keep going,
1: yeah. <laughs> Went searching with this $55,000 budget that he's given us. And I'm genuinely, I mean, it's already up there. So we're already in the stratosphere. And I thought, all right, well, it we'll is. just we're float around at yep. you know, 50 to 60s, kind of where I put it at. 50 to 60s, so okay. we in there.
0: Yeah, all right. I'm not surprised. Keep going.
1: Looking at AMG cars and looking at the C63 AMG, finding a few from 2013, 2014. I found one already modded from Rentec, And then I thought of Brabus. Huh. And I went searching sure. for the cars that Brabus has on their website that they sell. They've either tuned them for customers and they come back in as trade-ins or they're spec sure. cars. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. they're still far too expensive. I mean, they're wonderful, but wow, they are. <laughs> Even the, the base-tuned models are still €74,000. going, okay,
0: that, yeah. that rabbit trail Ouch.
1: ended there. I thought, sure all yeah. right, all-wheel drive, a lot of rain. My dad just recently told me about a story. He, he's in Seattle, and he saw a girl hydroplane past him and right into the, <laughs> the bridge abutment right there. He, he watched it happen 50 yards ahead of him. And Yuck. Hydroplaning is an issue, so I thought, all right, all-wheel drive isn't a bad thing in this equation. But how many companies do a lot of power, I mean significant power, with all-wheel drive? Mm-hmm. There True. aren't that many. True. And where I landed was Audi. I started thinking about Audi and their S5s, and I thought, shoot, the S5 just doesn't make enough horsepower. But you know what does? (laughs) The RS5. I love that we
0: live in a world where that's true. Sorry, (laughs) sorry, sorry. We live in a world where (laughs) the the S cars from Audi don't make enough power. And you look at the number and you think, (laughs) supercar number from 15 years ago.
1: Yeah, right. And yet, we can honestly sit here and go.
0: Yeah, exactly. We could sit here and go, that's just not powerful enough. But anyway, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I burst in there because it made me laugh. Keep going.
1: That's No, it's it's all good. I'm sure it, the same thoughts are exploding in, in everybody's heads thinking about this. Yeah, the S cars just not cutting it, but the RS cars. <laughs> yes. Ooh, now. Okay. Now here's something right, interesting. Right. This yeah. S5, I went searching. And Russ, even a 2015 or a 2016, I found them for 54 and change. This is a car with 450 horsepower. The brakes are spectacular. It's all-wheel drive from one of the companies that kind of – well, they didn't invent all-wheel drive. But you know what I mean. They've really pioneered it to be synonymous with all-wheel drive. And the interiors are gorgeous, flat out, beautiful, amazing. They're great. It's a sleeper. Holy moly. How about an RS5? And I kept reading in in the email here, and he says – Here's what I'm going to do with the cars, autocrossing and some high-performance yep. driving events, approximately three per year. You could do a drag strip run. You could do a drag run and certainly lots of canyon carving. You can do that with this car, absolutely. Yeah. There are other cars that excel in different areas, namely rear-wheel drive cars, lighter, nimbler cars, but sure. none that have this kind of horsepower, none that I can think of. I've been to Brabus, Rentec, Carlson.
0: Sure. I've yeah. tuned yeah, up yeah.
1: Mercedes. I've looked at AMG. I thought BMW M5s. Nope, not all-wheel drive. Who else makes a high level of horsepower that is going to be interior? I thought of the Chevy SS. You know, we talk about this car a lot. Sure. But yeah. I think the interior, in comparison to the European cars, is going to disappoint.
0: I really do. Oh, that's fair. He's already yeah, 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 tasted yeah. BMWs over here, yeah.
1: even the 235i. So that's mm-hmm, where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm leaving you with the RS5 discussion from about 2013 okay. through 2016, somewhere in there, depending on the mileage. Uh, yeah, I I found a lot of them for sale, and it kind of made me want one, to be honest, because they're pretty
0: awesome. <laughs> that That is the problem with doing this all, all the time. It's like, I, for the next week, I'm going to be looking at that car. It, 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 it happens yeah. pretty much every time we do the podcast. I have a new obsession car. Uh, what, what's interesting about that, that, I love that you went there because I didn't think along those lines at all. And I really like that. One of the things about Russ's discussion here that that really triggered me was the he would like a V8 or a twin-turbo 6. And he's driving that M- M235 and actually really likes just about everything about it except he wishes it was a little more hair on fire, just a little more frantic and crazy, and yet mm-hmm. great balance. He likes the balance, the brakes, the interior. It seems to check almost every box except the crazy factor is at a seven, and everything else is running a nine. Hmm. So mm-hmm. that, that I was very struck by. Clearly, you have that car, and the rear-wheel drive isn't freaking you out. So OK, I, I left myself room to run around, because I agree with you, the all-wheel drive part of that equation makes it really difficult. Oh, yeah, you yeah, did yeah. also You did also bring up that you really like the GT350. And I will say to you, Russ, I have to back your play there because I think all of the things you like about the M235 are there in the Mustang, but the Mustang has the crazy factor, especially with just that engine. I mean, you brought up the Camaro here, but on engine alone, I think that the GT350 is going to feel more nuts and fun based on engine alone. But... You could take your kids in that car. Now, it's not, it's not the interior level of the Germans. It's, but it's nice. It is nice. It is. The one we Thank had you. in our review was the base, uh, nav and, and infotainment system. And so if you get the, the decent touchscreen, that improves that a lot and it hopefully takes out that resonance that I complained about in that car. But there is so much great personality there. And I feel like that's what you're missing in your M235i that gets so close otherwise. You even had money down on a Focus RS. somebody's thinking of it i wanted to at least touch on it you have essentially decided not to wait long enough and you've had an sti and you thought you don't know if that's really going to do it and i think you've had your taste of decent interiors now and i think that makes that car difficult um hmm i also love that i do think that has
1: when he calls Cobb tuning
0: they answer the phone they go russ you're back hey (laughs) what is it this time what do you need what do you need so Russ is here well, but you know we 've heard those discussions about the RS, and I think it remains to be seen I mean you know Matt fair is tuning his now, but there 's discussions with the RS where people are saying that uh, it's it 's kind of like you 've discovered with s2 stis uh, Russ. there's there's a there's a cap on that car under four hundred i can 't believe I'm having that discussion as if that 's a bad thing but there 's a cap <laughs> on that car under four hundred which may be the place where stuff starts breaking and that 's a lot of the tuners are, are dealing with, but I do think that the RS is just going to have a little more character and fun than the M235i. But I have to bring up the other thing, and that is you could go over to your friends at at Dinan and go, Dinan, and go, uh, hey, uh, can we do the M2 package on my M235i? You could do that. Sure, sure. You could go M2... I I don't know. I. It's not I 400 like horsepower. G-
1: it's a sluggish yeah. old lawnmower in comparison to what is. <laughs> it's Russ a terrible needs. thing
0: at 360 or whatever. <laughs> what are we doing? We're just we're, we're trundling along at that point. 360? But see in my rearview mirror, I mean, come on. <laughs> but I do like the GT350. If you could actually get one for your money, I think that would do a lot of what you want. I think it would have the character that you're missing in the M235i, which, again, I have to come back to. Great car. I want to say two others that are more in kind of wild card category, because I think Russ is down a good rabbit trail on his own. But I had two kind of wild cards. Okay. Okay. One, Panamera. Now, it's less of a track car, obviously, but the interior problem solved. Done. You know what I mean? The the interior is all there. You can run the kids everywhere you want. It's got crazy power. It's surprisingly interesting. Now, I think... I wonder if it overlaps in its fun factor with the M two thirty five I. The smaller chassis, I think, is going to be more playful and interesting. But the Panamera is one of those cars that you just kind of can't believe the car just did what it did. Yeah, so true. that might it's create a fun factor. A much bigger car, so,
1: but yeah, yeah, it
0: is it still no, no question does its thing, and you go,
1: it's a bigger car. How did it do that? Okay, agreed.
0: And and because he's embraced really good automatic transmissions okay the ZF being a great one but obviously the the uh, PDK in the Panamera even better so that's what puts that on my radar I I don't know that it's the right match here because I don't know that has the personality but then I have my other wild card for you Russ you're probably gonna shake your head at me but you'd like all-wheel drive you'd like roughly 400 horsepower you want four seats you've embraced good automatics you've owned a bunch of STIs have we seen where I went yet? Evo MR. Now, I know, I know, we haven't gone nice interior. We have gone great mm. seats, if you go back a couple generations, I mean a couple years. Great seats for usable seats, and that MR with their SST transmission, uh, that is actually a great one. It's not as good as PDK, but it's up there. That is a, and I would submit to you that's a better transmission than the ZF in the M235i. And that transmission, the problem with it is, I think so. The problem with it is, it is not a transmission that can handle a ton of horsepower. And most people's discussions are, don't put more than 400 through this transmission. Well, that's kind of your magic number. So Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here thinking... I know it's a wild card because it does not solve the, the nice interior problem, but the MR, thankfully, has that sixth gear for better highway cruising, and it is better sound deadening. And it is a nicer car, uh, and it doesn't look the, the boy racer part as much. Yeah. I know I'm in wild card territory, but I had to bring both of those up uh, if the GT350 does not work for you.
1: That's that's out there. That's very wild of you, wild card-ish I of you. I,
0: I am I am very much in wild card territory tonight, and I just thought, I these are the two that strike me while I'm looking at this scenario. Don't know that either of them work, but let's just think out of the box here, and that's where I landed.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that Mitsubishi is to be heralded, especially the MR. But yeah, that interiors huh? just even y- you can't just cover something in you know PVC or leather or Something and call it yeah. good. You just, you know, we—it's we not a nice interior. We all
0: know. I I fully fully admit everybody knows this, but the, but the thing is, he's lusted after the the GTR. Yeah. Well, it's far cheaper. It's in that same vein. I mean, I feel like it, it, it is in that area. We can do the 400 horsepower. We can do the good automatic transmission. There's so many things about it that are right. Its Achilles' heel in the discussion It's definitely the fact that you left STIs because you got tired of loudness and bad interior. Oops, that's a problem. But I I always believe, and I know you and I don't agree on this, shocking, but I've always <laughs> felt like the Evo has a better personality than the STI. I just think it has a more interesting personality.
1: Yeah, see don't agree. And
0: this is kind of a personal car personality discussion, I feel like, for Russ.
1: It is. I mean and that MR, used MR, even slightly used, is going to be far under his fifty five thousand yeah. price cap yeah. here. Made. absolutely yep you'll spend the rest of that budget on chiropractic bills for your children because they're going to say do it again dad
0: i'm going <laughs> to bring are. my friends now can we can <laughs> they we all are. Go? <laughs> it'll be it'll be tires and chiropractic visits or or tires and just let's just solve the problem tires and four point harnesses for the kids in the back <laughs>
1: yeah exactly that just solves
0: it done done exactly. we're, we're problem solved yeah
1: and if the car wasn't high strung enough <laughs> check out the nitrous bottle in the trunk. Yeah, we're... we're uh...
0: <laughs> but but those cars those cars have been tuned for a decade. I mean, they, they have yeah. been. Oh, yeah. And they've been tuned well. You can get a reliable tune on it that does 400 horsepower. Your Achilles heel is that transmission, but at 400 is where it starts to be problematic. There's guys doing... I, I'm not saying this, but there's guys doing six, 700 horsepower through that block, which is insane. And I'm not saying do that, but it seems like it will handle what you're asking of it, and you're not in weird, uncharted waters either. So I... I know it's, it's a wild card, but I just keep coming back there.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to. St- I'm trying to figure out what percentage of that idea that I like. I'm like at <laughs> 62% right now. I think. Wow,
0: Somewhere that's higher there. than I expected. Okay, it's All right. cool. You're it's cool. Me the I just. Of the doubt.
1: I mean, you know, the car doesn't sound good in comparison to the the bigger displacement engines. Just because. Oh that's no. screaming no, no, for, no. You know, I just think. Yeah.
0: But well, you're going to pull up to most places in your GT350 or your MR, and the only guys interested in the MR are not going to be the other dads. It's just not. But, but Whereas the GT350, everybody that kind of know cars is going to walk and be like, that's a cool car. Yeah. So they've got a very different feel. But I don't know. I, I, I'm waving the banner for the Evo. I know people out there are just shocked, but I'm doing it anyway.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's quite a range. Uh, I I kind of like all of them. I kind of like all of them. Uh, it sounds like Russ has uh, quite a bit of deciding to do based on his prior list. He's owned a lot of Subarus. He did have a Honda Prelude with nitrous oxide, and a, he decided that was way too expensive, so he needed a turbo, and that's why he's gone turbos from here on out.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a car list here. It's been very diverse. WRXs, STIs, 335i Sport Auto that he sold in record time. Holy moly. Yeah didn 't like that
0: one well, but it goes it goes back to even his starter car, which was a fully built out sixty eight Ford Mustang so there 's where that g t three fifty just lands and makes sense mm-hmm. that sure. that engine that voodoo engine is nuts. I, there's there's personality in that car that the M235 is never going to match even tuned yeah. it's not going to match the yeah. personality of that car but it but honestly it feels bigger than the M235 now it doesn't feel slower it will hammer down any road you'd like but uh yeah that car is just it's it's nuts it really is
1: hmm all right so with the eventual goal of getting a GTR clearly russ has some deciding to do and
0: uh
1: <laughs> hope that's helpful because maybe there's a GTR in your future but uh save your money for 20-inch wheels and tires, and uh, you're probably going to have to change out those lug bolts to something aftermarket if you don't get an updated car with those, and uh, what else? Oh, yeah, insurance. That's right. <laughs> so save <laughs> you your money. You just bucks. have to have a
0: little little extra account on the side for <laughs> stuff that it needs. Yeah, I hear you. I
1: hear Russ's you. tip jar, everybody. Russ's tip jar. So keep that in mind as we... Uh, Move to the next podcast here for Jose in Massachusetts, writes in, uh, same day as Russ, as a matter of fact. And uh, he has been listening to all of our podcasts in mass. He has been commuting and listening a bunch, which is great. And uh, yes, Jose, I'm so glad you've finally admitted that you have the disease. And when once you admit that, and you're you're welcomed into the huge warehouse of other people who also have the disease, you won't feel quite as bad about yourself. We yeah, all have the just, disease. We search. You for find carbs. the other
0: people that are similarly stricken. I mean, it's not one of those things where stricken. the first, the first, <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's not one of those things you hear about in recovery programs where it's like that's the first step to recovery. I don't really think there is a recovery. That's the that's the downside. But the upside is you can find like minded people where you can just get into minutia and you can talk about yeah. things like engine codes because your email, my friend, is full of engine codes. <laughs> um, I, I I don't I don't know why this is, and I'm just going to take a, a polite little jab here, but. No one knows engine codes like BMW owners. I don't know why this is.
1: Uh, I yeah. just,
0: yeah? They're, they're, I mean, every, every car maker has their car codes. I mean, we could go Porsche, we could go BMW, whoever, whatever. They have their car codes. This is the, the chassis designation, whatever. Those can get confusing enough. But with BMWs, every other automaker has engine codes. But yet, the only ones you hear discussed regularly are by BMW owners. Sure, I, I agree. So we're, we've got an email here littered with engine codes. And the, and it's all informative, don't get me wrong. But I just think that is evidence of the disease there. When we can actually talk in internal designated engine codes, <laughs> we're, we're far, far off. The, the disease is bad, yes.
1: I feel like BMW owners are very technically minded, very technical bunch. And I would say the JDM car enthusiasts also are waving the banner for, especially Nissan's, and Toyotas, about their engine codes. But yeah, I agree with you. True. The BMW- You'll hear a lot of Toyota
0: engine codes, too. You're right. That's a fair point. Yes. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, All right. So, Jose, welcome. You've got the disease. This is an interesting story because it's a bit Mm -hmm. different uh, than most people who finally arrive at their aspirational car. And here's why. It's because he got really just jonesing for the E86 BMW Z4M. If you can't picture that car right off the bat, that was made between 2006 and 2008. It was mm-hmm. the next generation of BMW shoe. Remember the Z3 shoe? Yep.
0: It yep. was the it was gen the after version. that. It was and much great. better looking. A fantastic car. We, You actually, on I remember we got on a streak with that car probably a year ago now where Felt like every third or fourth podcast, somebody happened to have a car debate. We were like, you know, what we need to look at. is mm. one of those Z fours. I mean, they're very, very cool. We yeah. haven't revisited in a while, but I know we talked about it uh, quite a few times earlier on. We have a guy here in Utah that has vague connection to the show that actually bought one and went, "You guys want to drive it?" So that's kind of on our rough fast blast list for next year. Because the short answer is yes. What a cool car! And this was your dream car, and now you have one.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was scouring the web just like we all do. And he came across the car of his dreams, the exact color, the way he would order it. And some mods had already been done to the suspension. It had a supercharger, which looks like he had to remove, put back to stock. But apparently he just wanted it. And that's Mm -hmm. good enough for me. I mean, you just want it. So, okay. Uh, And he got it. So he got his dream car and was rationalizing it to his wife. But Jose is 40. And he said, well, this might be the last car I ever get in. Well, Jose, if you think about it, if you live to ninety, that's fifty years. Are you going to drive that yeah. car for fifty more years? I think yeah, not. I hear you. So don't don't do that to yourself. But, don't don't. But on the other end of the spectrum,
0: no. There. But there's the other side of the equation. That is, he told his wife, "This was the last crazy car he gets." That's the thing. <laughs> and, there will be a string of whatever car we need for the family after this one. But this was the honey. I'll get this. This will be my last fun car. Right. That's the actual argument. Don't but don't. I uh, still agree. Don't beat I, yourself up. No. I agree. I still think that's wrong. If you have this disease, sorry, that was a nice conversation you had with your wife, but I don't think that's going to be correct. Anyway, (laughs) um, yeah. So, But the interesting thing I find about this car is it's one of those, I don't want to say, I, I don't really want to say it's a don't meet your heroes thing because you love this car. So it's not that problem. It's just you've realized you've bought something you don't use all of. That's the conundrum here. You've got a car that every time you drive it, and I love this, you get a big smile on your face every time you drive it. But you don't drive it a lot because you work a lot and don't get a lot of fun drives. Don't drive it a lot. Every time you drive it, you're just more in love with it. You smile even more. But then you think about the fact that you're not touching all of its capability. And that's what got you riding to us and going, what do I do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Jose had learned to, or never learned to drive stick as a matter of fact. So that's why he was looking for the SMG transmission, but has also, in addition to what Todd was saying about, well, I don't think I'm going to use all this car's potential. He has discovered the joy of manual transmissions. Mm -hmm. So that all in combination, and he's thinking, well, do I stick with it? Do I stick it out? he's verbally committed here honey this is going to be the last cool fun car so i see your conundrum you've committed and yeah, so you're thinking yeah. do i do i stick it out do i do i keep it do i keep driving it do i try to reach the limits do i try to find time to track it all those kinds of things i this is this is a difficult thing with this in mind i went shopping and the one thing that's missing okay. jose from your email here is a budget we didn't find yeah. anywhere in here where you said, I've got this much to spend, but that's okay because I think those cars are going for about 20 we will call it okay. a rough $20,000 number. So give or take plus three or four on either side of that, I suppose, because you're already talking about Fiesta STs and yep. how much you're liking them. As a matter of fact, you were close to leasing one, yikes, because then you'd have the Fiesta and the Z4 to... <clears throat> try to justify to your wife
0: but i'm not have, I'm not seeing the problem i mean I, <laughs> yeah. I, I i have the disease even worse than you do jose but <laughs> uh, yeah true. i'm not really seeing the problem honey i have a fiesta st it's a usable hatch right. honey it's a usable hatch look i can get this Pete peat Moss, moss in my back. car look pete moss fits we could it's usable it's it's pete practical is where you went <laughs> <laughs> just look uh, i bought i bought it for together. mulch honey I bought it for mulch. You know how you want me to mulch the backyard. The Fiesta ST is to haul mulch. Really, it is.
1: We can talk about hauling
0: mulch, by the way. But yeah, okay, keep going, keep going.
1: Well, so the big
0: question is: should he wait it out,
1: or should he go get that Fiesta ST or something similar that Mm -hmm. is going to really start to pull the driving enjoyment back and kind of where it should be?
0: So that's the big decision. Where are you headed? Absolutely. The, the thing that he's l- latched onto about the Fiesta ST is he's realized, we've talked about it, others have talked about it, it's, it's the party piece of that car. That is a car that is really fun at slow, normal, average day speeds.
1: Mm -hmm. and he's
0: he's feeling like his z4 isn't and so he's asking that question about should i be into something like a fiesta so that i'm feeling like i'm at the upper limits or enjoying it more more of the time that's where the that's where the fiesta because the fiesta feels like a little bit of a what the heck are you doing until he starts heading down that rabbit trail that gave me a couple of recommendations actually that i wanted to talk about for jose um in spite of this z4 but but where are you man
1: I like the idea here. I mean, the Z4 is cool. It's a cool car, it's unique, and I think that's one of my favorite things about it. Leave it to BMW for being the yeah. king of the niche cars, and that definitely fits, you know, fits the bill there, checks the box. Yeah, there's a surprise. Uh-huh. Wow. I mean, you just don't see those around. As a matter of fact, all I could find mainly online were the Z4 roadsters. From that, mm, yeah. from that era. So a lot of roadsters. The coupe is much cooler. Much, is much cooler, cooler. much yeah. more beautiful, unique, interesting, quite a conversation piece. But Jose, if you're not extracting the most fun out of your car, whether you're doing high speeds or track driving, but if it just, if you feel like you're not getting all that you thought you would get out of it, and that's just enjoyment in whatever form that takes, maybe it's time. And that's Mm. okay. And maybe you need to take your wife to dinner and do a bit of a retraction and a bit of a clarification
0: and say (laughs) – You know that car we came to dinner in? (laughs) Yeah, that one. That That one one I said was my last fun car. Let's revisit that. Can we?
1: I think in Latin the term is mea culpa and uh, (laughs) a little bit of backstroke, a little bit of backpedaling. And uh, say, well, that's what I thought. But – You know, there's other cars, and we're going to grow together in this. Link arms, we're going to grow together. We're going to do this together. So what about that Fiesta ST? But more importantly, what about the hot hatch market? What about a manual transmission, turbocharged car that doesn't have the kind of power that that Z4 does? And is just going to put put a smile on your face for even low-speed, fun, nimble, you know, maybe a Canyon Mm -hmm. car or two, but you're just zigzagging your way to work and you arrive refreshed and happy and you can't wait to go drive your car because I'm not hearing that I just can't go, I can't wait to go drive my car. Yeah, there have been, you know, some moments, but what about all the time and back to the name of the show every day, every day you're looking forward to driving this thing. I thought of a GTI. How about back to the, the original hmm. recipe, a GTI for eighteen nineteen thousand dollars 19000 slightly used, easy to drive, loads of fun, and I just I couldn't get that out of my head. I like the Fiesta ST huh. idea, but it, it's been a while since we've come back to a GTI, and just the purity of fun and the enjoyment of that car, and here I'm waxing eloquently – I suppose You but are. I, yeah, bravo. I just thought, huh, that GTI really set the standard and that's what everybody's been chasing. It's still way up there in my book. Just for yeah. you know what? Yeah. It only costs how much again? And I just Sure. I just like driving it. It's just who cares that it's not the fastest thing ever? Who cares that there's other cars that can do blank better? Who cares? I just
0: hmm. like
1: driving it. It's easy to drive. It shifts well. It's I mean, go get something slightly used. Be sure to get rid of it promptly at sixty thousand. Just kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hate that you said it, but it's it's a it's what everybody was thinking. Yeah, it's oh man. Anyway, keep going. Yeah.
1: So how about a GTI? How about a Focus ST? How about something like that? Go drive a few. As you know, you knew that was coming. Go spend some time. Take your wife with you and say, you know what? I was wrong about the Z4. It's cool, but that's like a second or third car maybe. And as cool as it was then, that's a ten-year-old car now. And yeah. the way we approach sports cars and the way they are is has changed a little bit. And not that it's bad for Z4M I owners. So I'm not, I am so intrigued. I am
0: so intrigued by bagging. where you went here because I just – he's got a Z4M, and you and I went completely different places with this. Really? Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little shocked. That's kind of funny. I mean, I know that's, it happens, but I, I I really – on both of these, we did not go the same place at all. Uh, Strangely, sorry. I ran back did to European
1: a, cars. <sighs> Most yeah, notably, well, German not a cars. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's not no, no, no one's surprised about <laughs> that. But uh, <laughs> did you have something other than the GTI, or you want I liked the Fiesta ST idea
1: because okay, okay, sure. Uh, I mean, you could actually save money, as Todd and I keep noting twelve to fourteen thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get yourself into a Fiesta ST. It's
0: nuts. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Yeah.
1: Okay, maybe a GTI yeah. to get the interior a little bit nicer to you know enjoy the time in the car a little bit more. Admittedly, the Fiesta ST is not the greatest of interiors, so okay. But you could yeah. save the money. You could just pay. True. You know, true, European true. vacation. Look, come, honey, come on the pilgrimage I really trip with haul mulch us <laughs> with that yeah. extra money that we just <laughs> found for you. There you go. All right, come on the trip
0: with us. Next year's pilgrimage, I take that. And you could drive a Fiesta ST, not yours, thankfully, because you don't have to worry about brakes and tires. You could drive a Fiesta ST on the ring next year. You could do that too. That is interesting. Here's here's the rabbit trail I followed. Here, what I do get out of this email is kind of a long time love affair for this Z4M. He just really wanted it, and now he's bought it, and it really is amazing. He, he still feels it's amazing. I do get that out of this email, Jose. So I'm 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 letting that really sink in. Okay. Because what I want to say to you, I, I, I followed two tracks here. One is keep the Z4, and the other is get rid of. And I want to, and I'll, I'll follow up as to why. But in the keep the Z4 column, look, you love it, you own your dream car. I, I I've talked about it a lot. One of my dream cars was the Z32 300ZX. There's a part of me that wishes I still own that car. Now I want to have it as one of the cars in the stable, and my life doesn't isn't set up that way. I can't I can't afford that, so I don't have it anymore. But it's not that this is a car that you bought it and went, well, this is disappointing. You just bought it and went, I can't use it all. Hmm. So my thought to you is, if you really do love it that much, I can't really say to you, walk away. But I am going to say to you, find a way to use it all. Because if you're not going to do it on the street, you say you don't speed that much, but you like you know kind of nice drives in it, you need to go to autocross. I, tracking, you put it on the list. But find local autocrosses. They're cheap. They're just cheap. So find local groups that are doing autocross, get that car in some autocross and and push it and get a sense for you pushing it. Because I suspect what's also happening here, especially as you're learning to drive stick, you aren't necessarily the driver to feel like you are pulling as much as you'd like out of it. So go do some hard driving. And if you don't want to do that, I respect you You don't want to do it on, on public streets, you don't want to speed that much, fine. Go to an autocross and hoon that thing in first and second around a parking lot. Figure out where it breaks loose and you spun it through a cone. It's fine. It's what autocross is for. Go find places to really push that car. When you get comfortable with that, definitely go track it. Find where, okay, I'm on the straight with my foot to the firewall for the next three seconds, and I'm asking for everything the car can give, and I could take more. Find that in that car because I think you'll love it even more. So there's a part of me that says, if you really do love it that much, don't get rid of it because you can't touch it. Go find where it's awesome. Go find places to push the car. So that's the keep the car scenario. <laughs> that's, that's different.
1: What? I mean, you're, you're saying, you know, love the one you're with. And Paul's saying, over here, 50 ways to leave your lover.
0: I know. That's uh, you are to be more absolutely, different. Well, I, Fantastic I, I, uh, 70s uh, musical references there, too. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know where that happened. But, I don't know where uh, that came from, but yeah. we're, we're preaching done, different though.
1: things. That's hilarious. Yeah,
0: but, but, but I really – I did. I read this email, and the thing I couldn't get past in this email is the fact that Jose is a guy that found his dream car and owns it. It sits in his garage, and he drives it, and he still likes it. I'm like, it's really hard for me to say, yeah, dump that car. But – if you really do land on a place where you want a car that is, let, let's be honest, that the old adage is it's fun to drive a slow car fast. If you want to go the slow car fast route, I can help you there too because I don't want to get you out of the dynamics that exist in that Z4M. Front engine, rear wheel drive, classic. hmm you could get yourself, the obvious choices here, you get yourself an MX-5, but I submit to you that an FRS or BRZ is the same basic setup, even same basic shape as your Z4M. You could get one of those all day long. It's not as interesting, as, as an owner, I will even say. It is not nearly as interesting as your Z4. It's not. The engine's not as cool, but it has all of the d- dynamics you love about that BMW, but yet I bet you it's more fun at 40 miles an hour than the BMW is. So you could do MX-5, but I think FRS BRZ is a great slow car fast candidate as a replacement. And you could still autocross that. You could learn from that car. I mean, I love that car at every speed. And now that I've got it tuned, my speeds are increasing. But the point is, (laughs) very fun car. So if you you are really going, I'm never going to use all this car. I should get rid of it. I think that's a great candidate. But there's a part of me that just goes... Investigate autocross. Let's see where you go as you try this car out. I mean, the cool
1: thing about that FT86 is it comes with oars, so you can paddle faster, you know, to get some real speed out Thank of it. Thank you. But now that you've tuned it, paddle you can, faster. You know, yeah. leave those yeah, in the garage, okay. and uh, it All actually, right. you know, is faster than my Wii so uh, I will.
0: I will take that, and then I will <laughs> remind you. I will remind you <laughs> that when we go drive a canyon, I keep up with your GTS on every corner. Just not in the straits. So, yeah. OK. All right. All right.
1: I, I was driving today, <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you what time or where, but I looked down. I thought, all right, we're just <laughs> cruising along merrily.
0: I was going 106. I went, really? That's what that car does. That's what your GTS does. <laughs> it, it is blindingly fast. It is just this side of time-warping fast, and you don't even realize it. You look down, and you suddenly go, I, I, there's a part of me that would like to find, it probably would require a track, candidly. Yeah. I would like to find the speed at which, you, or the Autobahn, actually, more than a track, take the Autobahn. I would like to know the speed at which your car starts to feel like it's going fast. Because you're right, triple digits don't. Triple digits <laughs> yes. are very fun. They're very fun in your GTS. There's no question. You're having a blast at triple digits. But it doesn't feel yet to any port of par, par, situation where you're like, this is starting to feel really kind of scary fast. Not at all. No, not at all. It's warped my whole sense of everything.
1: As I I thought, yeah, all right, right, I'm probably doing what, like touching 80 here? Nope.
0: Nope. Yep. Yeah. So I. That uh, does not shock me in the least. Not in the least. <laughs> it's
1: just like, I know this thing's fast, but oh my gosh, it just does the speed thing so well. So Jose, come over to my house and I will show you how to speed because apparently <laughs> I do it really well. <laughs>
0: I will show you how to speed maybe the worst piece of advice to ever come out of the podcast right there. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Although wow. I was trying okay. to be
1: fiscally conservative. I mean, here I was, you know, airing on, you know, just under 20. I mean. I know. I know. Financial advice over here. Come this way. You know, come You're speak to having us. having a great evening. Your portfolio. We, we,
0: we yeah. Every great evening. And, and you and I couldn't have been farther apart tonight, which I actually think is really cool. So hopefully something in here has resonated with you guys. We should go on to Facebook questions, of which there are many. And there's some really good ones. There's a few in here, honestly, that would take probably more time than we should, we should handle. So we're going to skip over a few. You actually were talking about a, a recurring trend here in some of these Facebook questions.
1: Yeah, there was. I noticed about used cars, and there are a number of you have written in asking about various various similar questions around buying a used car. And so mm-hmm. I think rather than answer them here, clearly we need to write something and write it up on the website, on the everydaydriver.com yeah, website. Make
0: it just available for reference. Yeah, that's good.
1: And maybe it's something we can continually add ideas, but it should be fully fleshed out, you know, you know mostly fleshed out by the time we get that published, and just mm-hmm. use that as some guidelines. Maybe it can be more in the bullet point format but just quick scan hey yeah, here's good. some guidelines that's here's good. things to think about as we're you know shopping for used cars as we're constantly doing on the podcast and maybe mm-hmm. that might be a good reference we can say hey we've suggested blank car for you now go reference this bullet point list and keep that in mind when you go test driving yeah. and you you should be good so well uh, and you and I that. But
0: between Yeah, definitely. You and I, between our purchases, have covered quite a wide range of experience. I mean, I've done the thing. Somebody asked about it. I've done the thing where I sold a car where I didn't have it entirely paid off. So I had to do the whole pay off that loan, get into a new car with this loan. I had to figure all that out. So I've done that. You've bought multiple cars, in fact, high-end cars, kind of – Sight unseen with only research and lots of photos and pre-purchase inspections from out of state. You've done that and then shipped them to yourself, so you can talk yeah, about that a lot. Yeah, true. There's discussions that we've had about taking test drives and talking to, to dealers. I mean, there's it could be a novel. We shouldn't make it a novel, but we should sit down. I agree with you. We should sit down we should clarify some of those points in a easily digestible form that can be referenced and post that. So we, we hear you. We'll work on it.
1: Yep, yep. Great questions. Uh, some real nice, creative ones in here, too. As Todd says, we can't get to them all, but I would like to start out with uh, very top here from, well, maybe it's not the top, James Dyer. Uh, ask, what's the one car not available in the States that you wish was? Well, hmm. <laughs> you're going to tie my hands and limit me to just one, James? To I one.
0: Mean, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: his personal favorite is the one series hatch, which is cool. I've seen those. Yeah, that's the cool. three door hatch yeah. that I've seen, and I, I it keeps turning my head, and I think, what is that? Oh yeah, that's the the one we don't get here.
0: Shoot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, I keep my head keeps being turned by the S one, the Audi S one, mm, snarly mm. little beast, and it just it sounds snarly, and I bet it'd just be loads of fun, and it's probably faster than it needs to be, and I think that'd be kind of cool. Of course it
0: cool. is. Yeah, S one. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. I went Renault Megane. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 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 Here, here's one of the, here's one of the world's best front wheel drive hatches. So, it, it, here's an enthusiast car for real affordable money, and the one that exists right now is finally about to be replaced, and it's been one of the kings of front wheel drive hot hatches for a long time. Every time you and I have driven one on the ring, we've been impressed by it. You know, is it as good as a perfectly balanced rear wheel drive car? No. But in a world of front wheel drive hatches. It has come to play, yeah, and I wish true. it was here as, as an alternative. I think you and I would talk about it a lot if it was, so I've got to go there.
1: Okay, fair enough. I, I like that. I'm amazed, actually, that we both chose hatches. I yeah, yeah, Back to well. my rant from a few podcasts ago, or maybe just last week, <laughs> choice. Yeah. It just seems like we're so yeah. limited on choice, especially in the hot hatch category, and Europe and Japan just get such cool hatches that it makes me cry, so...
0: Yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, interesting. interesting. All right. Well, uh, I had uh, Greg here wrote in, and he said, what current design trend will get dated the quickest? And then he had a side note question, which is, do we think the C- C7 Stingray will age well? I want to speak specifically to the first half, because I was starting to think about what design trend am I seeing everywhere that is driving me nuts and and I think will get old real quick? And then it dawned on me. Mm-hmm. It's actually interior styling. I feel like every automaker now is making a nav screen that looks like we got done with the interior and then we took an iPad and glued it to the top.
1: Oh. BMW and Mercedes are guilty of that in their current forms. Mazda. Very Everybody's
0: k- doing it. Mazda, you it's, be right. it's becoming the commonplace way to do a nav screen, and it looks, candidly, cheap and stuck on no matter who does it. And uh, yeah. I, I feel like it's – I feel like we're having that problem now that, that 10 years ago was the double hump styling of the nav screen, you know, where everybody had the IP right. hump and then the other hump. Right. It's, it, this is the current scourge of that idea. And I just – I look, I'm not saying it's an easy solve. Hmm. But that – every t- everybody that does it, it looks stuck on. And I think 10 years from now, we're going to be like, why does this have a laptop stuck to the top? <laughs>
1: What's your VCR doing glued to your instrument panel? Good job, Mercedes. Just about. (laughs) Um, I I tend to agree with you here. If those screens were truly removable and something you could turn into the dealer and get the upgraded, updated, latest model and then plug that into your older car, or just making an enclosure that would capture your latest tablet, whatever that is, whoever it's Mm -hmm. made by from – Amazon to Asus to iPads, whatever that is, what about some yeah. sort of thin bezel that will just grip it and then you can slide that in and it will capture you, whatever that is. Of course, you know, integrating that into the yeah. electronics is a lot more difficult. But if it were some sort of dealer upgradable thing, hey, we made the latest one, we'll take your old one, plug this in, it's a- same form factor.
0: Yeah, you've made a great point Maybe. I hadn't thought of, and that is, it. It looks like it's designed to be upgraded and pulled out and replaced. So why isn't it? You're so right. why isn't if it done that? Yeah. Totally different situation. I do take your point.
1: Huh? That's that's good. I was actually thinking only on the exterior, Greg, and that yeah. is the forward or straight up, straight up and down single large scallop in the driver's door, extending into the front three sure. quarter panel. The Stingray yeah. is very yeah. guilty of that. So is the Panamera, yeah. as a matter of fact. But it seems Panamera,
0: like Panamera, GTR, we could go on and lot on and on. On and on and on. That yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Single scallop in some form or another, either it's slanted forward or straight up and down or some sort of giant reverse concave large scallop. <laughs> sculpted GT out of gt
0: GT350 Mustang. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, we could sit here and just name almost every automaker that has done that. You're right. That is a staggeringly overused design element. You're absolutely right.
1: I mean, so for that reason, things like the Honda S2000 age well. Look sure. at the surfacing on that. Sure. It's not overly Simple. busy. And it doesn't relate to some of the overly busy Korean cars or Japanese cars mm. going on mm. today. It's just yeah. got... Really nice surface transitions, really nice subtle fender flares, the finishes, the hems, the returns, all those things that you don't even <laughs> think about yeah. and clean yeah, body okay. side. And then you see it in yellow and it's just this monolithic shape and it looks good in red or yeah, yellow or it does whatever
0: look great. It is. Wow. Who, whoever thought whoever thought, you could design a car, I've said it before, you could design a car out, out after a doorstop and walk away and be like, yep that's absolutely right on the and 20 drop. years later go yep that's right on i mean it just looks great i mean even it does the, looks great
1: you know the body side of your car the ft86 you know the front end mm-hmm. notwithstanding because that changes frequently apparently but just uh, about every
0: quarter yeah you mm-hmm. know yeah, things going. like
1: that the mx5 the new mx5 the nd generation despite yeah. the the pinched look of the headlights which i know is driven by technology they don't need to be large anymore but yeah. clean, very clean. There's some fussiness at the rear, but for the but most very, part, you're right.
0: The body side, the profile of it is a very simple shape, very classic, simple shape. You're mm-hmm. right, and it makes it work. You're absolutely right. I mean, we could yeah. talk
1: about Porsches too if you want to be here for the next half hour, but you know, I digress.
0: Yeah, but all of us, all of us have already heard most of that story, so we <laughs> could move on. Uh, I've got uh, <laughs> Michael oh, uh, George Newsom wrote in and wrote in and said uh, he's been hearing a lot of talk on our podcast and elsewhere talking about people just. Loving on the depreciation of really expensive cars. what? And so he asks kind of a hard question. What are our top three depreciation bargain buy cars from the last, like, decade? Cars that we look at and go, you get a lot of car for the money there. I like this question. It's also a hard question.
1: Yeah, I'm racking my brain here. Uh, top of my head are... The real high-end luxury sedans, BMW 7 Mm -hmm. Series, Mercedes-Benz S Classes, and
0: some E Classes. Uh, I'll give you the king of that list. The king of that list, Volkswagen Phaeton. Just (laughs) conversation over. Yeah. Buy yourself a 05, 06 Volkswagen Phaeton for less than the cost of a new Sentra or insert your bottom-of-the-barrel car here. And you have a Phaeton. Which still, ten years on, has got some unbelievable technology. Now brace yourself for your ability to get it maintained. But talk about depreciation! Wow.
1: Yeah, there was some of the car we were talking about the other day that has experienced that, and I said you can get those for twenty grand. I'm trying to remember what that was.
0: Well, the, the we've talked about it with the three thirty five is BMW. You can get those. For Maybe 20.
1: that was it. It was something like and that. When where we you've...
0: drove it, it was sixty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the that's, perception was. a good one. Was... That's a good one.
1: Still really expensive, and then I thought, really? Those are 20 grand now, or something like that, even you know, even with you know, not too many miles, even in 50, 60,000 yeah. miles. Because you know, of course, we could go, oh, well, if it's got 150,000 miles on it, of course, it's 20 grand, you know, but, sure, of course, of but course. uh, something's still decent. Um, yeah, it, it seems to be the European cars, and one of my neighbors just can't get his head around the fact that even in America, in North America. European cars have hung on to their value because they're even worse in England. I mean, they just drop off a cliff, huh. Huh. maybe because of right-hand drive, maybe, I don't know.
0: But I think that's a factor for sure. Yeah. You know, he's
1: arguing about Mercedes SLKs and the fact that, oh man, they're just so awesome and cheap in Europe and over here, they're just not worth $17,000. i am thinking, mm. well, maybe they are. I mean, there's, you know, it's, <laughs> maybe they are.
0: I mean, different markets. Well, I have to say it, though. I've also got to say this. The, uh... The Boxster. And I'm gonna go second gen Boxster starting at O5. The O6 Boxster S you can get for around twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. That was a yeah. sixty to eighty thousand dollar car new and it's gonna run and it's convertible and it's got great dynamics. What is that car doing at twenty grand? Especially when you consider as a counterpoint, the Lotus is thirty and the one you want is thirty-five to forty for the Lotus Elise. And a Boxster S is over here and it's twenty. 22? Really? That one's got to be on the list.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. Our top three depreciation bargains for the last decade are Range Rover, Range Rover, and Range Rover. So if you're interested.
0: <laughs> Maintenance notwithstanding, I've got a car for you. Yeah. Well, but if we're going to go there, Maserati Quattroporte. <laughs> oh. If you want to see something that is oh, dropped through the floor. There for is. a car you can't believe it's so cheap, that, that one wins. But it wins also because you will drive it off the lot and probably right into a mechanic. So. <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> you just right around the corner to the mechanic shop. And I will remind you that brake jobs on the Quattroporte are $2,500. So have fun Ooh. buying tires for that, too. Yikes. A Quattroporte. But it's got a Ferrari engine, and it's yeah. four-door uh-huh. in Italian, and
0: it just rolls yes, off the because, tongue. Yes, it's the Italians calling a car the four-door. I still come back to if Chevy released a car, could be the greatest sedan in their history, and called it the four-door, <laughs> they wouldn't sell one they <laughs> wouldn't sell one'd be like I'm not buying a car called the four door but the quattroporte, I'm buying that you have now opened
1: the door the trap door so I can bash on Maserati again the Buick well, was I wasn't
0: actually I wasn't actually intending that I will admit but, but I'm, yeah I'm ready to I did I did back us into dance on
1: Maserati's grave as soon as possible
0: <laughs> Wow <laughs> <laughs> oh well tell us how you feel <laughs> uh, yeah I have another question I noted here but what else did you find?
1: Uh, let's see. Scrolling down here to some what-if questions. Uh, where are they? Where are they? Here, right in the middle. Uh, Christopher and James are kind of saying the same thing. Christopher asks, would you rather an automatic with no dead pedal or a manual with a terrible pedal box, meaning too tight or whatever that means? Mm -hmm. James Mm -hmm. Parson is asking another one similar, a really well-crafted automatic or crash box or a really terrible rubbery nasty regular manual transmission uh huh one's talking about the transmission the other is talking about where your feet go
0: yeah can
1: we mix and match i
0: i yeah i have i have different answers there i have different answers for the for the pedal box one i've got i've got to talk specifically about the lotus evora well okay. i could also say you know the the Caterham we drove both of those cars kind of have nowhere to put your left foot if it's not on the clutch. Yeah. It really doesn't go anywhere. And yet I would never want it in an auto, either one of those. I would I would take it just like that. I will figure out where to put my left leg when I'm not using the clutch. I'm just going to have to deal. Just the Avora is flint. terrible. <laughs> just Seriously, hold. the Avora is terrible, needs a dead pedal, doesn't have it. I'm talking about the original Avora. Evora, Evora mm-hmm. S needs a dead pedal, doesn't have it. Uh, the Caterham has no room for a dead pedal. You're lucky to get a big person's feet down there but i stick shift all day long done yeah so i would go with that
1: hmm. yeah probably stick shift on on everything despite uh despite too small of a pedal box something like that i'm reminded of that caterum. that was nuts i was sh- i was, oh, was edging the gas i was feeling with with the edge of my tennis shoe just you know trying to a, a little bit of tread reaching out and that was still too big and i'm like <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to break, and I overrev
0: well, it, and like what? Part of it is driving the biggest of the Caterhams, which I say biggest. That number only increases in horsepower. The car stays tiny; feels like it's made out of metal matchsticks. I mean, it, it's perfectly well built. <laughs> You're just driving this thing going. I'm in a tiny little cage with casters on it and a bomb under the hood. I mean, it's just yeah. Seriously. So yeah. But the the other the other one of those would you rather questions though I would say I would rather take a really good automatic than a terrible manual and I love manuals, but when you get into a manual transmission and it's just it's like the econobox like if this car has a manual because that way it was cheaper oh this car was eight grand with a manual versus ten grand with the auto those manuals are terrible they're awful. And so, in that regard, yes, I'd rather take a really good auto, especially a dual clutch, but or a ZF would work than the uh, than the terrible manual. I will say that.
1: Shout out to Matt Miller for letting us drive his Green Caterham Six Twenty R. If you haven't seen that review, that was Matt's car, and he is yeah, with me no in the kidding. driver's seat, beard flying as we're mosquitoing our way between semi truck trailers. I like. I like
0: mosquitoing. That's a really good one. In fact, we actually owe Matt a thank you email, so I need to get on that. But uh, thank you, Matt, for for reaching out to us and for also just having that car available to us in the first place was awesome. I had uh, one more question that that I don't know that we've ever covered this specifically. All All right. James wrote in and said, He's asking about the 370Z, the Nissan 370Z, which we both like. We've driven on the track. We've driven the Nismo version, the standard version. It's a car we do like. We don't recommend it much because it kind of gets overlapped by, I feel like, slightly better options in different variables. But he says, "Okay, so talk about the 370Z. What do we feel like it either needs now or would need in the new Z car to make it an undeniable performance enthusiast car bargain? Mm. I like this question. This is kind of a market research thing. I'm going to say a few things, because the 370 exists in this world where it's trying to be the Cayman, but it's cheaper. But in the in the lifespan of the current 370Z, the FT86 cars have come out, which are $10,000 cheaper. So you have the the Cayman, which is better than the 370Z. Now, the 370Z is, is a genuine competitor. It's a player, but the, the Cayman is nicer. Mm-hmm. And then you have yeah. the FT86, which is more involving and less expensive. So I think for the Z car, it should be about 300 pounds lighter, somewhere around 3,000 pounds. It's 3,200, 3,300. I don't have the stat in front of me, but it's somewhere in that range. It needs to be 3,000 pounds on the high side. And it needs to be a solid five grand cheaper because, yeah, you can get it for 30 grand. The base one, the one you want, like you you got it with decent tech, out the door, should be 30, maybe 35. The one you want most of the time of the Zs, in fact, I spec'd one like a week ago out of curiosity. The one you want is probably 40, maybe 45. Mm -hmm. That's a problem for that car. So if it were five grand cheaper and 300 pounds lighter, it would get most of the way, I think, to being just we're all jaw dropped by it.
1: Great question, James. I think this is pretty cool. I I feel like the 370Z is an oh yeah car. Because every time Todd and I drive it, we're we're saying to ourselves, oh, yeah, <laughs> I liked it. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. it did yeah. that well. Oh, yeah, I really dig this car. And then we walk away and, and we kind of are overshadowed by other car thoughts in our heads. But I'm with you. I think it needs to be lighter. I think the next gen could be better looking. I still like the 300 that you had. I still think Oh, I agree. Hands That's down, the best
0: looking one. That's the best looking one. I do agree with that, yeah.
1: I mean, let's, let's make it a little less frantic and – uh Beholden to latest styling trends. Let's go a little Mm. bit more classic Mm. shape back to where it was, back to cleaner body sides, cleaner details, that kind of thing that's going to last for a long period of time. And let's make it a little bit more tuning friendly. I know you Nissan enthusiasts listening are going to say, what? You've got to be kidding me. But let's go with a turboed four. Let's go with something that's got Mm. a lot of power already, but we can do the turbo thing. We can leave it as is. Little bit more high strung, tunable, lighter in the front end, little bit longer, not quite so pudgy, and and just go through with a fine tooth comb. Start cleaning things out a little bit hmm. Hmm. maybe not the wheelbase, but just elongate it proportionally for me. Just maybe
0: I can see that. I can see what you're maybe saying. The
1: hood's a little longer, a little bit, and not not the, wheelbase. It, the
0: styling the styling while good looks stubby. It does. Which is weird. Yeah. It just looks kind of stubby. It's very odd. Yeah, yeah those yeah, proportions.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and smooth some things out. Again, at some point, stop drawing. Call it good. And uh, <laughs> lighten the thing up and drop the price. Winner. Chicken dinner.
0: Yeah. Done. I, I have, you know, you, you've actually made me think of something else that I have to just give sheer kudos to Nissan. And, and by the way, these are the, the weird cars in their lineup. You have the 370Z and the GTR. These are like the weird uncle in the, in the rest of the family of <laughs> Nissan cars, which are all CVT and all have separate, different styling. Those two great sports cars are the total oddballs in that family. But I have to give a huge shout-out to Nissan for one thing. They were one of the first to do automatic rev match on your manual transmission, and it comes with a button that you can turn it off. Oh, It's yeah. a system that works. We've used it on the track. It works well on the track. It is a great system, and you can reach down with a little click, very quickly, you you could sit in the car for five minutes, you know where that is subconsciously. Just button, done, off. Perfect. Thank you mm. guys.
1: Hmm. Yeah. G- great one. I uh I like that. And uh just thinking about a car like that would really be I mean, that'd be a go to car. That'd be in the stable of everyday driver classics, the greatest hits. You know mm. that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's it's in a weird no man's land. I mean, the 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 convertible 370Z is a 50 something thousand dollar car. No. No, no, I'm sorry. I just I I can't I can't get over that hump. Yeah. The Nicemo's awesome, but the one we drove was like 48 and I was like 48, really? Oh, ouch. Again, so, oh yeah, these are really expensive. <laughs> yeah, sad but true. But but cool cars, that, and that's I don't know. Anyway, I could go round and round. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to stop. Thank you guys for listening. If you haven't rated the podcast or mentioned it to a friend, we would love for you to do that. It is helping us continue to grow. We've grown a ton this year and that is entirely due to you guys. Uh, and we have, of course, two more podcasts every week coming up. We're going to stay with that schedule. So that will be happening every Tuesday, every Friday. You can hear us. And uh, wherever you get podcasts, you can find us. So thanks for doing so.
1: I will add my thanks. Jose, yes, tell your friends, tell your enemies, and write to us at TV at gmail.com or on the website. We're getting a lot of stuff through the website with all your car debates, car requests. Make it creative. And, uh, you know, if you want to take the Paul limiter into to, uh
0: Consideration. It's becoming a thing. It's becoming a thing. Yeah, it is.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you guys. Really appreciate you watching and listening. Can't wait to talk to you again. Until next time, cheers.